Hi, my name is Santito. This is Crypto Kid Podcast. I'm going to be talking to you guys about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. This is Crypto Kid Podcast. So today I have a special guest, the CEO of Living Opera, Ms. Sula. I appreciate you taking your time and coming on the show. And um, why don't you give the audience a brief introduction about yourself and how you got started in the Web3 space? Sure. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, so up until, oh my gosh, like two years ago, uh, I was living life as a full-time opera singer and I am still doing that, mm-hmm. but the pandemic sort of um, forced me at least, I mean, not all my colleagues, but it forced me to think outside the box in terms of the future of my industry Um, I had already been creating content for Living Opera, which was just like content for emerging opera singers, YouTube videos, Instagram and and TikTok and stuff like that. Um, That might sound basic or just like a normal thing to do as an entertainer. But in my industry, I was one of the only ones doing it. So people were like, whoa, like what's she doing? Why are you doing that? But Mm -hmm. I just saw that as a way to like easily uh, reach my colleagues and my peers and my up and coming younger colleagues to, in a way that I could just like inspire them and create a community, a global community, um, that was lacking in my space. Um, when the pandemic hit, you know, jobs were canceled in the industry, no live performances, everybody's at home going like, okay, so what do we do now? And we had just built a platform on, how to be an opera singer and there's no work. So we were like, well, shoot, like how do we pivot this? Um, enter my CTO, COO, best friend, uh, technologist, Christos McCready's. And he was like, hey, do you know about blockchain? And I was like, no. <laughs> and uh, and so I went on this like massive like learning curve, learning about NFTs, um, technology, and just how we could possibly leverage Web3 to bring like a new economic revival to the classical music sector. And as I learned more, I was like, okay, I'm not really sure how we fit into this. It seems like a little bit weird. And it's like in terms of music, NFTs, it just seems like that's more dominated by like other genres of music. Um, And it wasn't until like the winter, yeah, winter of 2021, I attended Art Basel and then I attended NFT NYC. And I just felt like the energy, and I mean, I know it's a little bit different now than the market we're in right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was like, whoa, there's something here that is like so electric, so exciting. Uh, it reminds me of when I first started singing and performing and all that excitement and electricity I felt around that. I haven't felt that for a long time. I was like, okay, I'm going to grab that feeling and I'm going to figure out how I'm going to bring my community into this space. And so um, I'm answering your question. It's like very long winded, but no, that's go for podcast it. format, yes. right? Like I'm supposed yes. to talk, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, long story short, I end up alone on Christmas that year. Um, because of weird COVID stuff, um, job cancellations, other stuff like that. And I'm just like sitting there going, well, this stinks. I guess I'll just throw all my effort into work. So I started learning more about generative art and what is that? Because I was like a word I've been hearing all in Art Basel and NFTMYC. And when I sort of just Googled what is generative art, immediately the name Mozart popped up. And I was like, wait, what? 
there's a connection to Mozart with this? Okay, I'm in. And so when I discovered that Mozart had actually created a generative music game in the 18th century, I was like, oh my gosh, this could be the basis for how we step into this space authentically and not just jumping on the bandwagon because it's cool. So that's my, my long looping uh, version of how I got here. Greatly appreciated. Yeah. And especially during what happened with COVID, people were more starting to work at home and trying to figure out how to make money from from their office or at right. the in the room, making the rooms in their office. And with Web3, there's just so much to learn about. There's always something evolving. And it just gave an opportunity and just like people actually got curious about it. And at that time, I believe the market was up too, better than now. Yeah. And um but hey, we got something to look forward to. The, um, I believe Bitcoin is like up 35%. So it might be the bull run, fingers crossed. So what is Living Opera from 3,000 feet up? Give us uh, the elevated pitch. Well, it just depends who you ask on the team, firstly. But for me, how I see it, this is sort of my baby. And for me, it's really about the people. Um, we're a community first, and I know that's like a buzzword in Web3, but um, firstly, I was already building that in 2019 before, you know, that became like the, well, I, I don't know, I don't know Web3 if that was already a thing, but mm -hmm. in my field, I was like, no, people around me need community, they need a place to fall back on, and they need a place to thrive and so firstly, that's how I see Living Opera. It's really a movement that brings health and well-being to my sector. But I also think it's a place for people to come and learn about um, just different genres of music and different movements that they're not currently engaging with. So, you know, in my community, when I talk about NFTs and crypto, they're like, why are you <laughs> doing that? And I'm just like, listen, there's something here, it's going to benefit us if we can just get past the discomfort of the unknown. And when I'm talking to people in Web3 and they're like, but opera, like why would we engage with that? And I go into how it's going to expand what they're doing as well because of the complexity of the art form. And um, well, actually, let me, let, me go, let me go into this. It's not fully answering your question, but- mm -hmm. There's something about live performance that is unamplified and really requires you to lean in and engage that I really like about what I do. And it's different than if you go to a concert where, you know, it, it's like a huge stadium. It's like when you're listening to classical music, it is super focused and there, there isn't the possibility of having thousands and thousands of people. It's like you're there, you can actually see the people around you and it's a much more community driven kind of music. And I really like that. And so for me as an artist and as an entrepreneur, that's the kernel of what I'm trying to do with Living Opera and what we have succeeded up until now in doing, but we just want to expand it and invite more people in to get uncomfortable. I want crypto folks to come in and be uncomfortable in classical music. I want my uh, opera community to come in and be uncomfortable learning about finance. It's like, we could do something really amazing. And I know it's possible because of just the like microcosm of our team. When Christos and I started working together, it's like, these are disparate like fields. Like how does an economist and an opera singer build something relevant? But we know from what we've already done in Living Opera with our NFT collections and with our uh, community building and with our online classes and with our courses and what we're building now that we can actually really change lives. So 
long story short, it's a movement that is going to bring delight and expansion into people's lives. Absolutely. And it's amazing that you're wanting to diversify the space between opera, classical music, and crypto punks or crypto nerds. And I'm a bit, I like Mozart and um, what is it? Yay. Oh, there was another one. Dang it. This is bad. I forgot. All right. Well, the other one that that's second best to Mozart. You know what I'm talking about? Well, it just depends. Like for you, that could be something totally different. I think a lot of people, when they think about Mozart, they think about Beethoven. There you go. Sort of that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. because Beethoven writes the bangers, you know, he's <laughs> a banger. All right. So let's dive. Um, let's go deeper into it. What are the problems you and the team are looking at and uniquely qualified to sw- solve? Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of issues. <laughs> These issues like pre-existed the, the COVID pandemic, but they were just exacerbated by it. And so the, the first thing really is declining wages. I mean, um, you have top level artists being offered entry level wages because of the decline in the industry. And so my first sort of burden or like, you know, the thing that gets me up and gets my goat like every day is how do we expand the marketplace? How do we invite more people? How do we create more unique experiences? And um, I see blockchain as a tool to just sort of revive that insofar as it's, we know in one sense, like we're committed to it, but out in the outside world, you know, for 99% of the world, it's sort of like this like weird buzzword thing. Like, what is it? We don't know what it is. And it piques people's curiosity enough. So part of me is like, hmm, if I can engage with this space and bring this like music that everybody says is boring with this movement in crypto that everybody says is a scam, but actually prove that there's something here, I think I can bring this marketplace and expand this marketplace because there's be enough curiosity to actually like get enough people in the seats and realize a I like this music b it's really cool to watch that sound literally come out of somebody's face like how <laughs> does that happen um and I believe that if we just increase demand then we won't have to worry about declining wages I mean when you just think about like <laughs> for an artist for 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 an opera singer to learn one minute of music, it's like an hour of study. So I'm learning a 400 page opera right now. And I'm just like, I I can't, you know, I can't wrap my head around like the amount of work that is. And then to be told like that highly skilled work isn't going to be properly remunerated. So anyway, that's my biggest burden. I'm like, we need to get these wages up. We need to create more jobs in the sector. Um, (laughs) But the other side of it is personal responsibility on the part of the artist. So one of the things that I noticed, even in myself, when I started, like my only goal was to get on stage. I was like, I don't care about you. I don't care about this. I'm going to sing, you know? And when I did, I knew it happened pretty quickly for me, despite some like challenges early on, I was like, oh, so now what? Like, what is this? Like I'm singing. Great. Like what? And it's because I didn't know how to think like an entrepreneur. I didn't know how to actually build a personal brand regardless. Okay. So your product is opera singing. So what you can make people want anything if you know how to package it properly. So I'm sitting here going like, how do I expand the genre? How do I expand my brand? How do I invite people in? And I have no business skills. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I need to learn. 
I need to learn. So one of the things that I'm doing internally in the community is saying like, guys, you have to learn about finances. You have to learn about entrepreneurship. Social media isn't optional. You have to have a website. Like these are basic things that in my sector just haven't existed because there hasn't been an advocate saying like, do this. You know, yeah, right. we, we have like information in the schools. It's like 30 years old. We have sort of this like weird relationship to donor bases and sponsors and stuff like that, where we have to kind of like lie about the reality of being a performing artist. And so I'm like, let's get rid of all of that. Let's bring transparency into the sector. Let's teach people about entrepreneurship so they can actually build a brand that causes them to have multiple streams of income and thrive and be um, relevant members like of society and not feel like they're on this like bottom tier begging for work. I never want to hear the term starving artist again. I think that's total nonsense. There is no reason why any artist who's highly skilled and has really devoted themselves should ever be wanting for finances. I think that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> and I think there should be expansion of this art form because it's really cool. Imagine this. And then, and then I'll, and then I'll stop. Go for Imagine it. Imagine you're like, Hey, I want to go out tonight. I want to do something different. You meet your friends. And the first thing you do is you just like have a glass of champagne. Then you have a piece of cake. Then you go to like a really cool museum with like statues everywhere and like dim lighting. And a woman walks out with like this huge gown and it's like totally something you've never seen. And then this sound comes out and you're sitting there for an hour with captive attention, just going, I've never experienced this before. This is like normal for us in our culture, but it's not normal for the rest of the world. Like they don't even know that that kind of experience exists and it's less money than going to like a pop singers concert. Like it really is. So um, anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i passionate about these things. Okay, I'm going off topic, but I'm just excited because I haven't gotten to talk about this for a little while. And I just really, really, really care about people's lives and seeing this expansion that I, um, that I'm like waking up every day trying to promote. Um, I love the energy. I love the energy. And yeah. you, you're very, you are very passionate, like you said. And thanks to the internet and YouTube, you could practically learn anything you want to in this world. And it, totally. it is about, it is about making society better as a whole and putting, putting a few dents in the universe for sure. Yeah. So tell us all about the team and who is involved and what, hats they do wear all right so i'm the face of this thing mostly because i'll just like talk to anybody and convince them to come to operas and like bug them to death until they do uh but i'll also get up and create the content and you know bring together various people um and i sort of have the vision behind these things because uh you know as christos a cto he's definitely on the technology side norman has been performing you know, worldwide for years and years and years, and they're firmly rooted in what they do. And I'm sort of like stepping in between these different areas, filling in gaps as needed. Um, with Norman, I mean, he was discovered right out the gate in his early 20s, and he's performed all over the world. He's currently in Valencia, Spain. And so he's more on the partnership side of things, education, um, our flagship course, Beyond Your Big Break, was his sort of brainchild. And then I finesse the content. Uh, <laughs> he comes from a line of educators. So, and, and he also wants to partner with universities to bring, uh, you know, real world experience into university programs. Cause if you're paying $60,000 to learn how to be an opera singer. You might want some extra relevant information, right? right exactly. Um, 
And then also just exciting opera companies about the possibilities of blockchain and crypto. And we actually um, have an interesting meeting coming up this week with a major opera company in Spain to talk about what we might be able to do for their donors, creating exclusive experiences using blockchain and NFTs, which I think is super cool. Um, and with Christos, oh my gosh, well, <laughs> he's like doing operations. He's the one that makes sure that like, you know, stuff is legal and works, um, mm -hmm. paperwork. <laughs> There's a we lot of that. Him a lot. It's like, hi, you're partnered with two artists. <laughs> hey, and, and, and I'm also like the one who will come to him and say, what if this, <laughs> happened and it's like some crazy idea and then he like sits down and uh, probably cries i imagine he probably cries first and then uh he figures <laughs> out how to make it work but he's the one who introduced me to blockchain and he's firmly rooted in that he has another startup that does DeFi and other stuff and he's an economist and he's brilliant so we're sort of working that way together and um yeah and also just bringing expansion into sectors that wouldn't normally engage with the arts that's kind of the hat that Christos wears. Um, and we also, he and I both do a lot of writing in the media and content creation. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the team. It sounds like you have a powerhouse team there. Do we? I mean, I don't know. It's like, I'm pretty sure I'm making both of them cry all the time, but it's like, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So how are you using Web3 technology in your work? Right. So um our main like major project right now is Magic Mozart NFT. And I talked a little bit about how that came about um, mm -hmm. in December of 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and the project sort of expanded from there. It's interesting because um, getting into NFTs, there's part of any of us, I'm sure, that wishes we would have gotten in on it in 2021 when it was just like this crazy, like on fire, <laughs> sector it's like yeah that just sold for a hundred thousand dollars like wow but part of me is actually kind of glad that we're launching and building the project now because the aim for our nft project is a little bit different than just like flipping nfts and in fact we actually don't want people to flip our nfts so um yeah i know <laughs> you're like what no 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 <laughs> we want people to hold these things for a long time so um the way this project works is somebody purchases an nft and then we put them to work Oh, okay. <laughs> no, so I have this community of performing artists and they need to learn how to be an entrepreneur. So we provide them free entrepreneurship training through the sale of NFTs. Um, we issue them a digital credential after they finish the training and then they're eligible to apply for a micro grant. And the NFT holders vote on the proposals from the artist community and sort of journey together with that artist. And so our goal and our dream is to use these tokens to build a robust worldwide community that journeys with the artist. And I mean, my dream would be that we have like exclusive events where the artist community performs for the NFT holders and mm -hmm. everybody gets to know each other. And I, like I said, bringing that expansion and like that newness to people who wouldn't normally interact with one another. Um, so that's our main project. We have other ones that are like strictly art projects. We have one coming up in Greece uh, where we're going to outfit me in a Greek fashion designer um, collection and we're going to like create art NFTs. And that's just mostly for fun. There is some utility that we're experimenting with on the side with it, but 
that's for another day. Um, and we're also creating music NFTs. So we created a new album called Dream Girl, which is a reworking of a, a really serious Wagner song cycle. It's not quite finished yet. So we're, um, yeah, we're focusing a lot of different areas with NFTs specifically. And that's our main focus in Living Opera, which I think is like a natural fit because we're a multimedia sort of educational, yeah, thing with two artists at the helm, right? So um, <laughs> yeah, but for me, the main burden that I see with NFTs is creating utility. And I'm really passionate about that too, because I don't think people will hold on to these tokens or even take the movement seriously if we don't provide real utility and real value to people. All right. All right. My landlord's going to Greece here shortly. So I was like, can oh. I go? <laughs> so, Where's he going? Um, I forget. It's somewhere near Macedonia, I believe. Okay. So in Northern Greece. Cool. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of family up there. So oh, wow. I was like, man, can I you pack me in your suitcase? <laughs> so Sola, help us understand your backstory as both an artist and an entrepreneur. Okay. Like, oh good, that's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay. Um, I have these bulletin boards. Let me show you this, right? This is me when I'm 18 months old. Okay. Oh, um, little baby. Yeah, I'm just a little baby. But my mom literally wrote on the back of this, the little opera singer. And I was like, what? And she sent it to me a couple of years ago. And she goes, yeah, I've had this photo of you. I never realized what I'd written on the back. And oh. I was like, that's kind of crazy. Um, also, just just side note, this is like perfect singing technique. I wish I could do this now. I don't know how to get back to this point. Spent thousands of dollars to learn how. Anyway, uh, but all I have to say, I've I've been singing like before I could talk, before I could walk. Um, I grew up around my dad's small business. He was a contractor, and so it was sort of like this dual life of mm -hmm. helping dad with the business, like it's just small ways. Like I take messages, or you know, like be like, oh, dad, like the bill for the concrete thing, or something, you know, <laughs> like whatever. But like just growing up, it never occurred to me that people like worked jobs where they're like, I didn't know what benefits were. I was like, what is that? I don't like, you know, we're self-employed. That's what we do. Um, and then as an artist, of course, you're, you're also a contractor. So, um, getting into singing professionally, however, I sort of fell into that. It wasn't necessarily what I intended to do. I wanted to be an actor. Um, I wanted to be an athlete. I was really good at playing basketball, very aggressive. Um, but, um, no, I, um, eventually realized that was my passion and what I wanted to do, but going into opera wasn't necessarily what, what I wanted. I wanted to be on Broadway, but people said my voice was too loud. So I started learning opera and then eventually fell in love with that through listening to like the three tenors and even Phantom of the Opera, which a lot of opera people are like, eh, I don't like that, but it just grabbed my attention and I thought it was super cool. Um, in terms of becoming a professional opera singer, I did not take a traditional path. I hope this encourages anybody who feels like they're not on like the uh, prescribed path because mm -hmm. I tried my best to get on that path. Like the thing you're supposed to do and just never happened for me, like not ever. Um, I, I was discovered in a living room eventually in Berlin, Germany, after doing a concert in someone's house. Uh, you know, I tried to do it the way you're supposed to with like the training programs and the right manager and all and none of that none of that I, it's just been like 
it's like, there's been this like hand of Providence in my life, just putting me like, you're going to be in this room and you're going to sing here. And then suddenly you're going to be at the Paris opera singing there. It's like, oh, okay. So that's normal. No, no. Like I I've had so many weird things happen that I've just learned to trust it. Uh, like, I'm not even surprised that I'm doing blockchain right now. I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. That's just, yeah. It seems like a normal thing for me to do, but um, I got my first break after that concert and I I think about four months later, I was singing in some of the biggest stages in the world um, from a living room. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know how to explain that um, apart from, I think if something's meant to be and you're supposed to, yeah, you're supposed to do it, it's going to happen. And what's so funny is I've tried to open doors for myself. I've tried to force them down. And it's like, nope, they're not happening. And then there'll be crazy stuff like, yeah, you're backstage at the Philharmonic in Berlin and then you meet a famous conductor and then suddenly you're launched there. Or you'll be at a conference and make you know a connection there. And that's really how my journey in both entrepreneurship and my artistic life has been. I've tried to do it the way people say is right. And I've had to just finally like let go and realize that I'm going to be in the right place at the right time, like saying and doing the right things with the right people and be at rest with that. But it's not easy. Exactly. And that's how magic happens. That's it's very magical when that happens, when it finally comes true. Yeah, but it stinks. You're just like, man, I want, I just want to like know what the heck is going on. You know, right. I don't want, you know, man. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought about your dad being a general contractor because you remind me, honestly, you are just like my friend. Really? Like she, her name is Winnie Grace. So she'll probably get mad that I'm bringing her up, but oh, well, her dad's a contractor and I used to work for him. And then she, she does like Broadway in West Palm beach here in Florida. So, and then she's just like, so talented and the singing and she does this like one woman show but yeah you're just you're honestly you're just like i promise you that's so funny <laughs> or oh maybe God. she's just like you i don't know that's awesome that's cool so talk about 2023 and the benchmark we'll see from the project Oh my gosh. So, you know, right now we're busy figuring out like how we want to structure our DAO. So we're creating a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. I mean, your audience knows what that is. Mm-hmm. That is. Uh, we've, we're doing something kind of interesting. So we're based in the state of Tennessee and we're here strategically because um, there's special sort of laws here that allow us as an LLC to function as a nonprofit. So we filed the paperwork to have nonprofit status. And so that's like one really huge thing because we want to be able to give people like tax benefits for investing in living opera, investing in magic Mozart, because um, I, I really, I'm really passionate about this project and getting it off the ground. And when we kind of looked at the landscape of NFTs, crypto, blockchain, everything, and also the landscape of classical arts, I was like, okay, I think we're going to have to go the nonprofit route, but I don't, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I think it's, I think it's good. Um, so getting that status and being able to just attract larger donors and get the program off the ground, that's going to be really huge uh, for Living Opera. For me personally, <laughs> I'm super excited because, uh, I, oh my gosh, y'all. So I'm from Canada originally, and I'm mm-hmm. a dual citizen with Canada and Greece. 
but um, I've been in the States the last couple of years. I came here on uh, like a special skills visa for singing. So it's just, <laughs> I just want you to know I'm special. <laughs> um, no, but um, I like, this has been such a thorn in my side. I've been applying to like get a green card and stuff like that. And I've kind of been in like a frozen state for a couple of years because of the immigration process. So mm-hmm. I now have like new compassion for any person that's going through that. I'm like, wow, this is messed up. I've even been like, should I like become a voice for this? It's like, no, you've got too many things going on. Just settle down. But um, I'm super excited to be performing again. And so it's very meaningful for me. Like I said, being Greek, uh, being a Greek soprano, which is like a specific thing for anybody who knows about that. Um, I'm going to be performing in Athens uh, in March and it's my debut there. And I'm just super stoked. It's going to be in the Maria Callas Theater who uh, has been one of my idols you know, my whole life (laughs) and I'm performing one of her roles. And this really came about organically. It was just sort of amazing. Um, And so it's just really meaningful for me um, just to have that chance and to go to my dad's home country where my parents met and be in that place. So that's a personal benchmark for me. In addition to launching Magic Mozart in its fullness. Um, I'm super excited because next month we're, we're already, like we're, we're already going, like even though not everything's not built yet, we're already sending folks out with grant money. So next month, two of our students are going to Italy and they're going to be taking voice lessons with my teacher in Venice. So we're gonna have that content ready for token holders to see. And um, I'm just so excited about that, like telling these stories and you know amplifying the stories of people who wouldn't normally have a spotlight on them. And so, oh gosh, I could, I could go on and on, but those are like, those are some things that I'm just super, super excited about for this year. And I'm just excited to see what else is next because it's like, you know, you can plan as many things as you want. But like I said, you know, you might, you know, that hand of providence just <laughs> swoop you over here. So you know, it's like, mm-hmm. these are the things that I know that I believe are happening. Um, but we have so many exciting things. We're also building an app that will uh, help a lot of people improve their practice time and convert sound into art. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting something else. I know Christos is going to be like, man, you just forgot so many things, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's, there's just so much that we have in store for people and for our community. And so I just believe it's going to be a huge and exciting year. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll be great performing that in, in Athens looking forward to seeing that thanks so tell us more about the magic of mozart nfts and collections yeah so um i'm really proud of this collection even just like from an artistic standpoint because um okay it's like should you say that so in 2021 i was meeting people and they're like just hire someone on fiverr i'm like sir ma'am um no like what are you saying i'm just gonna like get like a cartoon drawing i was like no this has to be done properly mm-hmm. um so okay it's like a bit rude anyway it doesn't matter um <laughs> artistically every layer of magic mozart was planned this isn't just some like you know cute thing mm-hmm. um it was really fun for me with the initial like soft launch when people bought them and then i got to like tell them oh this is like the story behind your nft so Every layer is planned based on imagery from Mozart's final opera, The Magic Flute. 
and that's what creates the rarity in each NFT. So we have like a different jacket or different wig or the prop that he's holding from the opera, which is meaningful to the opera and points back to it. Uh, you know, stars in the sky, the sun, all of that points to some sort of imagery of the opera and adds to the storytelling layer. Um, so that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I think I'm most proud of is we actually rebuilt that generative music game that Mozart created in the 18th century. And so every token comes with a personalized minuet that's never been heard and that person owns it and they own it forever. And it's composed on the blockchain. It's not like some MP3 thing. It's like, it's there when you mint it, it's yours. And so I just think like from an artistic standpoint, that's pretty awesome and pretty unusual. But then on top of that, the utility where we are awarding grants and we are going to be seeing people living out their dreams because of the sales of these NFTs. And we're going to be creating a worldwide, even broader community than we have now. And we already have, uh, just from our artist community, like over 30 nations represented on five continents. And it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so um, I think I've spoken a little bit about how how the project is going to work already, but I am so excited to just see how something like those voice lessons that we're paying for, for the girls to go to Italy, it's like six, $700, mm -hmm. but their whole lives are going to change through like, you know, that's not a ton of money. Like, I don't think that's, that's like pretty amazing that through basically the sale of one or two NFTs, we're able to send them there and change their whole lives. And they're going to come back with information that they really need that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get. And then we, you know, as content creators, like they're going to create a YouTube video for us. We're going to watch the process, like watching them drive from Croatia to Italy, you know, all, by the way, they're going to get lost for sure. Like in Venice, it's <laughs> like, you just cannot get to your destination. You need to leave like two hours in advance. Like it's until you get to know the island, it's just a mess. So that's going to be funny as well. I'm like, don't cut that part out. We want to see it. Um, <laughs> But I just feel like when this project is successful, it's also going to have a redeeming quality for the whole crypto movement because it's truly good. You know, I had somebody say to me in a meeting recently, like, it's not strictly illegal to do X, Y, Z. And they told me some stuff they wanted to do. And I was like, <laughs> um, do you know who you're talking to? Like, are you vibing with me? Do you think that that's something that I want to engage in? Like, not really. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do good things, like not shady, weird things. Um, and I think that through the success of this project, we're going to see a lot more people warm up to this movement and be excited about it. And uh, we've been really inspired, by the way, like, um, I don't know what your opinion is on like Gary V and V friends, but we've been really inspired by that project and just seeing how he's trying to like take good qualities and like instill them in the public eye and just say like, Hey, patience is a virtue. Maybe you should work on your patience. Maybe you should be more generous. Maybe you should be more forgiving. And we think that's really great. And a good example of how to use this technology. And of course it's a profitable project, but it has a really great heart behind it too. And I think that if we can convince more people to go that direction, we're going to see a lot more community participation uh, worldwide. Yeah. Gary V is definitely someone I admire a lot and it's actually got me in got me to start podcasting about oh my cryptocurrency. Gosh, that's cool. and um and going back to what you said about the girls it's the long-term value that that matters the most totally for sure totally so 
What does success look like for Living Opera in the next five years? Oh my gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> as long as it takes. If you have to go, I understand. You're a busy no, woman. No, 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 no. A lot cool. of things to do. Um, oh my goodness. Well, obviously, you know, I want to sell up Magic Mozart um, NFT collection and provide real value for the token holders. And we're thinking about brand partnerships, but how we could just excite them and delight them and surprise them through like perks in the NFTs themselves. Um, that's something that we're actively working on in addition to building out how is this DAO going to work? How are the proposals going to work? How are we going to sell these things and who's going to participate? So um, getting that completely launched and vibrant and thriving and just uh, being like, a, like a like a flag like just down in the in the ground just saying like yes we did it like that is going to be such a, a weight lifted off of me just to see that come fully to fruition um of course just personally speaking um doing more with combining blockchain and music um and creating even tours around that i'd love to see nfts as tickets in the future. Uh, and we kind of want to pioneer that with our with our Dream Girl collection. One of the things we want to do is set up a concert tour and see if we can experiment with using NFTs as as tickets to those concerts, even if it's small, like even if it's just 100 people, like I, I would love to see that come to fruition and become um, how people engage with live music. Um, so if we can pioneer that in any way, I would love to be able to do that. We have an app that we're building, as I said, and I really want to see that come I, you know, it's so it's so hard when you want to do everything at once. It's like you realize you can't. You have to just kind of like focus. And I know that from literally learning music. It's like I can't learn the whole role at once. I have to learn it page by page. But, you know, like, why don't you apply the same thing to your business? It's like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Um, Big steps. <laughs> um, but in terms of like, if we're like five years out, I have this dream um, about having hubs like all over the world. So here in Nashville, to me, that'd be like a perfect hub for people to come, um, appreciate different genres of music, of course, mostly focused on classical music, because, mm. mm -hmm. um, but be it like a community builder, like a, like a space where people come in and really meet and really engage and talk. That's one of the things that I love, um, you know, I was living in Europe for a long time. And one of the things I noticed when I was living in Austria is the coffee and cafe culture. And you will have people who literally come in and their morning, and it sounds decadent to us because we're in this like, go, 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 go work culture here in the States. But it really impacted me to see somebody come in and really just engage reading a full newspaper with a cup of coffee. And that's how they were going to spend an hour. And I was like, whoa, what's that? We're seeing like people come and truly have a conversation and really engage and ask questions. And um, I remember being like really convicted uh, when I first came to Europe, because I, I realized I didn't truly know how to have a conversation. I was just mostly waiting to talk instead of absorbing the information, processing it, and then asking a relevant question. So anyway, I want to see that come into communities all over the world where we have different members. And I mean, right now, um, our main sort of concentration is of people, I'm trying to think where, where they are. We have a huge a uh, large group of our communities here in the States, but especially in New York City, um, Vienna, Austria, Paris, interestingly, and London. So, I mean, that's expensive real estate. So we're gonna have to figure out how that works, but I would love to have living opera hubs um, and just really have a space. Cause I, I don't really know anything else, any place like that, where it's like a community place around classical music. And um, I mean, I can't think of anything and I always have my eyes peeled for it. So I would just really love 
to build that. And I've actually like seen it. I've been drawn it on a piece of paper. It's like, okay, the coffee bar is here and this is where the performances happen. This is where the practice rooms are. And this is where people are going to meet and, and like kids can come and learn how to, I don't know, play the xylophone. I, it's just, I, I have this vision for it. And so that's what we're aiming towards. And I've had it on my list of like my dreams, like since 2019, even before Living Opera became a business. It was just like something in my mind. Oh, so. really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You have big dreams and uh, there's no <laughs> doubt that you're going to make them happen, make them come true. So where do you currently get your inspiration from? You know, if you want to be an artist, you have to be constantly seeking inspiration. I read a lot. I actually don't listen to a lot of music because I need to declutter and like mm -hmm. declutter sound um, because sound production is such a huge part of my life. Um, and as an opera singer, I have to imagine the sound before I create it. I can't just create a sound. It's like I have to hear it first. So right now, I'm spending a lot of time in nature. It's marvelous here because we live a little bit outside of the city and there's a walking trail and there's a lake and it's not completely rural, but, uh, you know, you'll see deer, you'll see rabbits, you know, you'll see different wildlife. And, um, I like to go out there and I even just like, um, okay. <laughs> when we were rebranding living opera, I had noticed like I kept on like studying these clouds and I noticed there's like rainbows in the clouds and that sounds like a weird thing but just like google it cloud iridescence is a cool interesting thing and I started to see them everywhere and it became the inspiration for our color palette for the website you can go there and see the colors that we chose and they're very much strategic and and like mm -hmm. yeah based on the inspiration from from looking outside but I like how slow it is when I'm in nature and I need it because everything else that I do and also how I'm personally natured is like, so like, you know, <laughs> that I need to go out there and just be like, I wonder how many fish are in that brook. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that cloud. You know? Um, oh, hey, I wonder how many horns that deer has. I mean, like, I, I need to just like slow it way down, mm -hmm. just get it all out of my system. And then I can come back and just come a hundred and thousand ten percent to whatever it is I'm trying to achieve that day and I think it's really important um because we need to guard our focus in this time and we really need to cultivate a longer attention span so we won't be grabbed by every little thing that is presented to us you know it's just like these things like scrolling 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 it's like you can just input just millions of pieces of content per day if you want to, but what's that really doing for your life? I think that any person that can really just like harness their focus and really apply their time to what they really want to see, they're going to have a satisfying life. And I'm inspired by peace. I'm inspired by people that can just rest and I aspire to be like that as well, to be a person that that brings that kind of fulfillment and rest into other people's lives as well. Um, and that's a constant like learning curve for me because of how I am. But uh, yeah, go out for a walk today, guys. Just go out for a walk, get some vitamin D. Oh, don't very put healthy. your pods in. Don't put the ear pods in. Just like literally go out there. It's hard. Like you'll see how long 
30 minutes really is if you're not trying to kill time with content and sound and music. It's like, if that's like a real exercise, but it'll help you in everything you're doing. And it's like, it's a very good use of your time. Yeah. Enjoy the sounds of the bird singing. Oh yeah. The trees I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, this is, this sounds silly, but it's like, how does the bird do that? I wonder if I can like, <laughs> you know, and then I'm thinking about when I'm singing and I sing this role that actually has to imitate sort of like little bird chirpy things. And so mm -hmm. like, even at that, it's like, okay, well, how does that authentically sound? I mean, it sounds corny, but it's like, if it's your job to mm -hmm. recreate sound, you know, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. So are there any predictions you'd like to offer for any of the industries you're touching in your work as a CEO at Living Opera? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So I definitely have uh, a feeling about the music industry, but one thing I, I will say, and it's sort of like, a, I would say a warning for us, any of us who want to really see blockchain and I mean, not blockchain, blockchain is going to have so, all kinds of uses, but I, but I just mean more like the front facing, like NFTs, PFPs, um, you know, artistic projects, we're going to have to get really serious about providing utility and value to the general public in this movement. Or I think people are going to just keep dismissing it and they mm -hmm. shouldn't because people are going to be engaging with blockchain, whether they want to or not. And if some people can actually like get on the ground floor of this, um, you know, it'll be like, I believe like in the dot-com boom in the nineties and it'd be really important people's lives. Um, so that's one thing. So we need to really think about what we're building and building with integrity and building well, and the projects that will do that will be long lasting and profitable and the ones who are still trying to operate in like a 2020, 2021 vibe, I think they're just going to like fall to the wayside. So that's one thing. And the music industry, this is something that predates COVID. Um, and I was even talking to a producer that I know, and uh, and he's worked all the biggest names. I won't drop them now, but you can just imagine. And I was asking him, like, what do you think this industry is going to do at large? And he said the future is going to be subscriptions and direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so how would that work? He said, you're going to have to build up a following and sell directly to them. Because even for us with the major record labels and, you know, the, the traditional model of business, we're having to diversify because our profit margins are just like going way down. And he's speaking as somebody who like creates, you know, the pop hits and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> If you're saying that and you're working with, you know, that, you know, pop princess, so to speak, that kind of, kind of terrifies me. But, um, so I think we're going to see an increase of, of that, of artists really just, um, taking control of their own careers, leveraging social media, creating their own brands and sort of freeing themselves from the traditional business model. Because I think if we can really convince consumers to engage with NFTs, you don't have to have millions of streams. You know, you can have a hundred fans, 500 fans, a thousand fans worldwide, and you can earn your living that way. And uh, that's what I would like to see more of. Um, and as, you know, existing brands, big brands engage more with blockchain, I think we're going to see more diversification within the music industry. And I, I really hope we do because there's a lot of talent that's having like burnout and issues and quitting. Um, and we need to hear those voices and those sounds because they're, you know, they were given those gifts for a reason. And so I'm excited for that.
All right. All right. Well, we're coming short to time. Is there anything you want to go over before we close? No, I, I think I just, um, I really care about people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so much messaging in the world that tells you why you can't do something. Um, and it's usually fear-based. And so I just want the audience to like, remember if, if there's fear in someone's advice, you should probably ignore it because they're projecting more like what, what scares them than really maybe what might be your experience. Cause if I would have listened to people, you know, I never would have gone to Europe. I never would have been discovered. I would have just stayed small, would have been sad, you know? <laughs> and even now, um, pushing past people who's like, Oh, that's stupid. Like crypto is dumb. Why are you doing that? Like, it's okay. You can just think that, you know, the worst part, the worst thing could happen is that I fail. What does that have to do with you? So mm -hmm. I just want people to be bold and courageous and try. Um, and just don't be afraid if it doesn't work out. Like literally who cares if they have time to pay attention to your failure, they're obviously not trying in their own lives. Cause like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, anywhere i'm so mm -hmm. focused on what i believe i'm supposed to do that i only have time to celebrate others i don't have time to tear anybody down it's like there's no that that's not fruitful for me or anybody else so that's yeah. what i want to leave people with yeah and having that good energy and good vibes for sure for sure so thank you thank i you, really Penny. do appreciate, I appreciate it on the show and um if you're ever in um in a cryptocurrency event in Miami or somewhere in Washington, D.C. I hope to see you there and have yeah, some coffee. Man, I've been in those places a whole ton. Now we're just meeting. This is so dumb. Okay. All right. Well, next time. <laughs> next time for sure. Have a great one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Here's a secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. What a better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast. Kidcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connection through podcast appearances. If you are an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. You can expect a completely customized service from our staff of ex communication experts. KitCaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you, go to kitcaster.com slash crypto kid to apply your special offer for friends of this podcast. The link will also be in the description down below and happy podcasting.